Welcome to Views from the World Tree. On this week's show, we throw topics aside and we just shoot the shit as we give you Potpourri, Volume 3. And now, on with the show. Hey, for Unscripted, that was really good. (laughs) Good job. It it just came to me. I mean. (laughs) You're a natural. Look at that. You get me a fancy mic and all of a sudden I think I'm a radio show host. (laughs) Uh, Good stuff. Yes, I see. Good news, everyone. Um, well, in the absence of topics, I guess we'll go ahead with news like we typically do. Um, so for reading this week, I have not been reading anything new. I'm still working my way through all of my audible backlogs. Um, what's the one called that I'm doing? Failure is not an option. The Apollo 13 flight director one. And... Um, also hitting Sandman volume two, I finished volume one. So I guess that's a little bit of reading news, but there you go. Um, where are you at in the Apollo 13 story now? Um, I am about, hmm, I want to say 80% of the way through. So it's, it's interesting. Like it was very backstory heavy. Um, so there, he spent a lot of time like leading up to, uh, the formation of um, like the Apollo program. And he went over all of the, like developing the different rockets um, in the early days of NASA. And then he like skipped over a lot of stuff in the middle. And now he's spending a lot of time on what is kind of the interesting stuff. Right. Cause that's what everybody knows. So all about the Apollo prog- program and the moon landing and, Apollo 13 and all that stuff. So but that, I don't know. You keep talking about it. I'm like, Oh, I need to, I need to check that out. I need to check that out. I need to check that out. So maybe I'll finally check it out. <laughs> it's a good one. It's, I don't typically do the autobiographies, but this one's been pretty good. The only other autobiography, in fact, that I really liked as much as this one was the skunk works. I don't know if you ever read that one. It was all about a guy who was like one of the top engineers that worked on the SR-71, and that one was a lot of fun. Okay. I was, was going to say, I know I've heard that name before, but I couldn't remember what it was attached to. Yeah. If you're into like, you know, aviation, aeronautical engineering, like if that kind of, if you're a nerd for that kind of stuff at all, then definitely check that one out. Nice. Um, and then as far as what I have been watching, so I actually discovered a new show. Um, I'm trying to remember. There, I was watching a YouTube video. I don't even remember what it was about, but the person mentioned this show. It's called The Detectorists. It's on Amazon Prime. It's a very much a British humor <laughs> comedy series. Um, so it stars... Mackenzie Crook, he actually is the writer and director. And the only thing that I know him from is 
he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. He played the pirate with the wooden eye. Oh, um, Leonardo or uh, Orlando Bloom's uh, dad or whatever. No. One of the original crooks. That guy. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's been so long since I've watched it. I can't remember. There was, there was the two of them that were supposed to be like the the dumb comic relief. Yeah. Uh, there's the I one can... guy that was bald and there was this other guy. And that's the guy who's in this one. I, I just remember when they were shooting the uh, kitchen utensils at the uh, at the ship. They had a fork. Oh, yeah, that's right. The fork. That yeah. Fork. <laughs> that's fork the guy. guy. That's the guy. <laughs> um, and then he is the other main actor is Toby Jones, who if you've watched the MCU movies, he plays Dr. Zola, the German scientist. And he also plays in a bunch of other stuff. Um, but he's probably most well known for that. He's in like the Hunger Games and a few other things. And <clears throat> so the premise of this is that there are two just like super boring, <laughs> like run of the mill guys living in England. And to kind of break up the monotony, they go out metal detecting. They're part of this like local club that has like four or five people. And so they go out and um, go out in the country and ask these farmers if they can go out in their fields and try and find like treasure and stuff like that. It's pretty, I don't know, it's, it's not like an edge of your seat thing, but it's kind of fun to watch if you're into this kind of just like dry, witty banter that a lot of British comedy has. So I think you would like it. Yeah, I'll have to add that to my list. <laughs> For sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then, I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't really have anything newsworthy. Um, I, I saw, I guess I saw um, Elon Musk decided to stop backpedaling on the Twitter thing. He said he's going to go ahead and go forward with it. Um, I happened to be like scrolling through Twitter when he announced that. And so I was like, Oh, I gotta, so I jumped over to my brokerage account and bought uh, about hundred bucks of Twitter. You <laughs> we'll and everybody else. We'll man. see, uh, we'll see what it does. They actually halted trading on it for a while, but I was able to get in there before they did that. Luckily. So I, uh, it's funny, you went to your brokerage account and I went to uh, Reddit. I went to Wall Street Bets to see what everybody was saying <laughs> over there. Yeah. And quite a few people went, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, this is the next GameStop. And I'm like, at $55 a share, it's not the next GameStop. I don't see it going higher than like 60 if it goes. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, sit I'm still up right now. Um, I think it only jumps like 5 or 10 bucks, but trying to decide if I want to hold on to it or just dump it while it's up. I'll probably just dump it while it's up. Uh, <laughs> have fun with those capital gains taxes, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know, super boring. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't typically talk about investment type stuff, but it's pretty dry. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's exciting. Um, 
I guess I'll start with what I was watching. Uh, there's a Netflix series called um, Eat the Rich, and it's all about the GameStop scandal, uh, like the subreddit of uh, Wall Street bets and mm-hmm. uh, everybody doing a squeeze on the uh, hedge funds that were shorting. And so today uh, I was home from work and school because um, I've got a little bit of a cold and in the uh, times of post-COVID, people don't want you going out in public when you've got a cough and a sore throat. So uh, yeah. I, I sat and I watched that today, and uh, it was fascinating um, the way it all went down. Very well done documentary. Pretty, uh, like, impartial or? Um. Yes and no. It's the people who did come on to be interviewed were all fans of uh, of the short squeeze with GameStop. They mm-hmm. um, they had one compulsive gambler who, during the pandemic, uh, he used to make YouTube's and TikToks in Las Vegas of him winning a bunch of money, and he needed a place to go and uh and gamble and so he kind of talked about that and uh he ended up losing his house because he couldn't cover his losses um and his response was just yolo you only live once like he's just (laughs) um the mistakes of your early 20s. I mean, good for him for making mistakes young, but it kind of sounds like he's not going to learn from uh, losing $500,000. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Man, you've either got to have like a really laissez-faire like life outlook or have like a shit ton of money to be able to lose five hundred grand and just be like, yeah, whatever. I, I don't think he had a, a bunch of money because he did have to sell his house to cover his debts. Yeah. But, I mean, that's why, that's the gambler's fallacy, right? Like, they make it big, they're going to make it big all the time. Uh, and the documentary yeah. actually touched on that a little bit, how some of these folks that were up 10 20 30 40 times their initial investment um started to feel invincible Mm. um definitely a good a good documentary um sorry tangent uh impartiality (laughs) um so the people that did agree to be interviewed um were all very big proponents on uh on the on the squeeze but it showed um, it showed stock footage of the congressional hearings. It showed um, one of the advocates' YouTube videos and um, kind of brought that in uh, about how he influenced everybody. Um, and then it, the controversy about how uh, one of the moderators on Wall Street Bets uh, read it as well as... Uh, and the YouTuber were the same person who actually had a trading license mm-hmm. and ended up losing his uh, his financial trading license because of this whole thing. So it's, it, it is an interesting story, and it's fascinating just how it went down. Hmm. Yeah. 
mean, those that made out definitely, uh, definitely made out like bandits. So I just feel bad for the, all the plebs that were <laughs> left holding the bag. Yeah. Um, one of the part girls, of play in the market, I guess. One of the girls, uh, that, uh, was interviewed, um, she, she made a bunch, she lost a bunch, and then she re she invested more when it was uh, bottoming out after the massive sell-off. Mm-hmm. And I think she only lost maybe 10% of her initial investment because she, like, her, uh, return on investment balanced out at that point and she just sold it for a minimal loss compared to some of these folks. So, I mean, we're not an investing show, but it was a fascinating documentary and I I would recommend it. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, it was an interesting one. Yeah. Um, Since I'm kind of on the watching thing, uh, my wife and I have been watching Leverage Redemption which is a freebie show on Amazon prime with uh, commercials. And it's got, it's basically a bunch of crooks stealing from the rich and returning uh, ill gotten goods to the poor. It's kind of fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think you mentioned that one last week. Yeah. I remember watching it back in the day. It's a good one. We, uh, so neither one of us watched the original one. So just this, uh, just this sequel. Okay. But once we're done with the sequel, we're gonna go rewatch uh, or watch for the first time all the originals before the second season of the sequel comes out. Makes sense. So it's not uh, dependent on needing to have seen the first one. Then there's jokes and there's um, little Easter eggs that. Uh, have gone over our heads Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's necessary okay that's good yeah I mean uh, today I watched a Christmas episode with uh, LeVar Burton in it oh nice LeVar Burton played a former like special ops military guy really um, interesting who was posing as a librarian and he was written with a bunch of one-liners from Reading Rainbow. And Noah <laughs> Wilde is one of the one of the characters in the show. And mm-hmm. they kept making references about how, oh, being a librarian is uh, is a more difficult job than people think type of thing. And it, it was just, <laughs> it was like breaking uh, the fourth wall in such a comedic way that it was fun. Nice. So not like She-Hulk then. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one. I haven't. We got rid of Disney before that one came out. That I think they've broken the fourth wall in every episode in an attempt to be funny like Deadpool or something, but uh, it's just way over the top. <laughs> anyway. You know, uh, my wife and I watched uh, Fuller House, um, the sequel to Full House. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the first one. season, they broke the fourth wall all the time, and it was annoying to me. Uh-huh. And then the second time through that my wife and I watched it, I thought it was comedic genius the way they were breaking the fourth wall. Like it, I don't know. Hit or miss. Has to be written well. I guess I have to be in the right mindset. <laughs> yeah, it definitely needs to be done right. And I couldn't tell you what the right way is, but 
I don't know. Anyway, you were uh, you were talking <laughs> about your news and stuff. So, oh no, I mean this is potpourri show. This is uh, kind of what we do. <laughs> Bounce from topic to co- topic, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Reading. Uh, haven't really been reading much. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I haven't been reading much, but I did download the four-hour work week off of uh, Audible, mm. and I plan on uh, listening to that to and from work when I'm uh, commuting. Cool. Coming up soon. Yeah. So that's about it. <laughs> um, but that isn't our show, because uh, as we kind of hinted at last week, a new World of Warcraft expansion has dropped. Um, there's some games on the horizon, some shows that I would like to talk about. So don't go anywhere. We are still uh, still discussing things. <laughs> Starting with Adam, how is uh, Wrath of the Lich King uh, Classic? Uh, Wrath Classic is going well. It's... I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, I would say the first time around in back in 2008, um, cause I had played vanilla. Well, the second half of vanilla and burning crusade, but I actually never hit level cap until wrath of the Lich King. So, um, I didn't really start like playing the end game, uh, content and doing raids and stuff until Wrath. And so it's been really inter- interesting to see to see it from both perspectives. Uh, the first time as somebody who was, you know, had been a, an MMO player for a while, but was new to like the concept of endgame raiding. And then seeing it again as somebody who has been, um, you know, who has done raiding and and end game PVE quite extensively. And I almost prefer, like, I don't know. Some of it might just be the whole rose colored glasses thing, but I almost preferred it the first time around. <laughs> um, it's like this time around, I mean, you already know all of the tricks. You already know um, all of the storyline. You already know how to optimize everything. And so a lot of the, the fun of the discovery is not there anymore. Uh, I guess that's fair. Um, I haven't gotten into it, but I've been watching a couple of YouTubers and a couple of people on Twitch play it who weren't there the first time. Mm-hmm. And it it's a joy to see the excitement of discovery through somebody else's eyes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the the parts that I enjoy the most about it is seeing people, like, in my guild discover it for the first time or helping players that are out in the world that are doing things for the first time. Like, the other day I saw somebody that was struggling with, excuse me, struggling with a, a quest where I wouldn't, I don't know, there was a little bit of a puzzle aspect to it. And so 
um, I was running past and they're like, Hey, like, I'm really sorry to bother you. Is there any way you could like help me or give me a hint or, um, and I was like, sure. Yeah. It's like, you want to, you know, think about it this way and, um, try this. And if you get stuck, just, you know, send me a, a chat. I'm going to go be over in this area, but I'll be online for a little while if you need me. And, um, they sent me a, a message about five minutes later and they were like, I figured it out. <laughs> they were like so happy. They were like, thank you so much for helping me. Oh, that's like, awesome. Not a problem. Like, so that's, that's been fun to see. Um, so it's kind of capturing how Warcraft used to be with people like actually helping each other out. and For the most part. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. It's from what I've seen, you've got the super hardcore players that are, they've pretty much all already hit level cap and they're getting ready to, uh, to start raiding and trying to gear up and, and things like that. Uh, but then you have other people that are more casual either because they're like me and, you know, they're just trying to play and recapture some of that nostalgia or cause they're new to it. And that's why I've just been kind of taking my time is because I'm enjoying like, I'm not necessarily that I'm enjoying leveling up my character. Cause I've, I've been there and done that, but I'm enjoying the interactions that I'm having with people while I'm going through and just kind of casually doing quests and stuff. So fair. Yeah, that is, that is a good time. Uh, as you were talking, I was actually kind of thinking back to, my first time leveling through and just uh, remembering the places where other players would uh, would wait to ambush you, the places <laughs> where players in your faction would uh, kind of hang out to help the people that were getting camped and just the, the joy of being part of a bigger community. It's, uh, and I'm glad that Classic is bringing that back. Um, <coughs> I honestly think that's what retail, what the uh, current game has missed for so long. Yeah, it's, and I think they struck a good balance in Wrath Classic. I mean, they have the the group finder tool in the game, but it's not the automatic, like, join a queue wait for the dungeon finder to go and find everybody for all of the different roles. And then it automatically puts you in a group and you just click the little button. It's, it's just a bulletin board basically. Like I know, you know what I'm talking about cause you were there, but for people that are listening that haven't played it, it's basically just an in-game bulletin board where you say, Hey, I want to run through this dungeon. Um, this is the people that we're looking for and then they can contact you through that. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, is a good balance of um, there's a centralized location for people that want to play in a group, but you still have to interact. Um, as opposed to like in vanilla, there was no centralized location. You were just throwing your message out there into the, into the world chat into the and void. just getting lost. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it was a good time. I mean, it was a good point in the game the first time around and it's a pretty good point in the game the second time around. So nice. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Um, still haven't decided if I'm going to resubscribe or not <laughs> for it. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I'm probably like I'm. I play maybe twice a week now, but that's probably going to change at the end of November when Dragonflight comes out, the new expansion for retail. So I'm probably going to stop playing Wrath Classic and, and go play Dragonflight because you know, new world to explore, new zones, new characters, new classes and races get to be a dragon <laughs> <laughs> that that one does look fun um I, I keep thinking you know i i should re-download the client and just get it ready in case i decide mm-hmm. um to go so i might do that uh depending on certain circumstances uh that are coming up here at the end of the year especially in regards to school, uh, it'll drop about the time that finals week starts for me, and that is never a good, never a good plan. That's not a good combination. Have been there before. <laughs> so, yeah. cool. Um, next question: Have you watched uh, Cyberpunk, the uh, anime on Netflix yet? I started to. Um, <laughs> I would watch like the first half of the first episode and then I don't remember what happened. It was good. Um, I think, yeah, I think like the dogs had to go outside or something. And so I took them out and then got playing with the dogs and forgot to go pick it up. But I assume that you've been watching it. So I'm on the third episode. Um, Okay. And I liked it so much, I re-downloaded the game onto my Xbox. On that, but that's besides the <laughs> point. Uh, <laughs> my biggest complaint, though, is it's uh, more violent than I anticipated. Hmm. I, I don't mind violence, but it almost feels gratuitous at points. Is it? Um, so, is it violent or is it gory? Because I don't mind the violence, but I don't care for the gore fest. Both. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess you can't really have gore without violence, but it's like the violence of Sword Art Online. So, like the super close-up battle scenes mm-hmm. with the gore of Attack on Titan. Mm, okay. And so when a bullet goes through a character's head, like they do the whole zoom in, <laughs> slow-mo, matrixy, blood splatter, bullet like time, Ball yeah. just <laughs> your classic Japanese anime, but I'm almost 40 years old. I don't need to see somebody's brain splatter in an animation. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> so... That that's my one complaint on it. Other than that, it's it's great. I think it's a joy. Yeah. The uh, what's the how's the animation style? Is it um, oh, what's the other one they did recently? The other video game one. It was on. It was League of Legends, but I can't remember the name of the 
series. Oh, I uh, I never Ar- watched the League of Legends. Arcana or Arcane, Arcane. That's what it was called, Arcane. Because that one had a really cool, like, uh, almost like watercolory um, art style, or like the when Warcraft was doing the animated shorts during um, Legion and Battle for Azeroth. That was really cool. So I just, I just wondered if Netflix kind of followed the same thing with their uh, with the cyberpunk one as it, they did with their other video game anime. It feels more traditional uh, Japanese anime. Okay. I was just looking up. Um, it's uh, directed by Hiroyuki Imaishi. I think I'm saying that quasi-right. And he's the one that did uh, Kill the Kill. Um, it's from the same studio that did Little Witch Academia. Okay. So, um, yeah, looking through. It's a very traditional anime style. Gotcha. Cool. But, yeah, it's. I think it's great. I think they did a good job with it. Like I said, I just wish it had a little less um, gratuity to its violence. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me ask you this. I, um, When you were talking about it, it reminded me, I remember that there was an update for the Cyberpunk 2077 game that apparently added a bunch of content from, it's called Edge Runners is the name mm-hmm. of the show, I think. Have you played any of that in the game um i have not i like i said i'd re-downloaded it uh-huh here's the confession i re-downloaded it today so 51 oh. gigabytes <laughs> of uh okay of stuff it'll probably be ready for me to play tomorrow so gotcha okay. we'll, we'll see if i can find anything but <laughs> yeah because i was i was curious about that um so i don't have it on my PC or my Xbox anymore, but I do have it on the Steam Deck. Uh, but before <laughs> before I filled up my memory card with fifty gigs of extra stuff, I was wondering if it was you know worth it. So you'll have to I, let me know think, what you think. I think it's more cosmetic from what I was reading, like skins and stuff. Yeah, like clothing, weapons. Interesting. I think they did add one or two characters into the game that you could interact with uh possibly from the from the anime okay um but i i don't know i don't know what their their plan is uh one thing i do know is the player base after the anime came out actually surpassed witcher 3's player base after the witcher tv series came out really so cyberpunk uh looks like it's being resurrected Uh, (laughs) that's about that time these things tend to go on like a 30 year cadence 30 to 40 year cadence so at least i think i think that's kind of when cyberpunk came into being right back in like the you had blade runner and uh neuromancer the book and around the 80s late yeah. 70s early 80s 
Yeah. Tron. Um, oh, good movie. Uh, the sequel, not so much, but. <laughs> the sequel was okay. It was all right, yeah. It wasn't yeah. my favorite, but. It, the CGI, um, what's his name? <laughs> Definitely had suffered from some of that uncanny valley with just his looks and stuff. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I, I think that's actually when I first subscribed to Disney that Tron and Tron Legacy were the first two movies I watched. Oh, interesting. On Disney Plus. Cool. So I'm a sucker for that hardcore sci-fi <laughs> futuristic world thing. Yeah, I remember watching Tron when I was a kid with my dad. That was fun. It was a good show. So campy. It's so <laughs> bad now. You you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big bad master control program. The, like hover jets, like the little <laughs> whatever upside down arch shape things but yeah <clears throat> it's um i don't know it's kind of funny to look back at like what just went oh my gosh this is amazing back in the day <laughs> i did that with mad max the other day that was on uh i think shout factory tv uh-huh and i was just sitting there watching it going man i remember when i wanted to have like a muscle car and drive through the desert, like causing a ruckus. Mm -hmm. And now I look at the, the time that it was supposedly supposed to happen. And I look at the outfits and the costuming. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is stupid. <laughs> so original Mad, Mad Max or. Oh yeah. Original okay. like Australian desert tore apart a national park for the sake of filming something Mad Max. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't remember why I was watching it, but um, I recently watched the original and then the second one, I think the first two. Yeah. Because uh, Fury Road, the modern one is still in like one of my top five movies of all time. And so I think I wanted to go back and watch the first ones and <laughs> they just some of the costumes, man, with the, the standoff in the don't, desert. Don't quite hold up, do they? <laughs> it's like uh, tight black vinyl shorts and, and stuff. Oh dear. Which is totally what people would wear in the desert. Tight skin tight clothing <laughs> that makes you uh unable to have kids. Um <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> you know. <laughs> yeah, but Fury Road—that's I mean, that was a masterpiece. It was so beautiful. I'll have to check that one out. I actually don't think that I've watched that one. That one is good. If you haven't seen that one, you need to see that one. Okay. And if you can, you need to watch it on a 4K TV because <laughs> the it part of the award or most of the awards it won were for like cinematography and visual effects and stuff and just the like the red desert sand 
contrasted with the dark blue desert sky. It's just a beautiful movie. Nice. So it's it's good even not in 4K. But. I was going to say, I haven't watched the, uh, the Dune reboot either. I started to, but... I still I don't remember why I stopped watching that one either. Just ADD, I guess. I, don't know. I watched it until <laughs> David Bowie's character. Or I wanted to watch it until I remember that David David Bowie died and he wasn't mm-hmm. going to reprise his role. I'm like, no, that sucks. Yeah, I watched a few episodes of it. Um, Jason Momoa did a really good job, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Got the yawns. No worries. It's kind of late today. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm at a loss. <laughs> you're, you're yawn through me. Uh, sorry about that. No worries. Well, do you have anything? I don't think so. Just trying to, uh, it's getting harder and harder to find things to talk about that are not like depressing (laughs) with the crazy world. That is true. So I think we should probably wrap this episode up. (laughs) It'll be a short one today. Yeah. Um, But next week, what's in store for us? Um, what did we decide on? I think we're doing the uh, psyops from the CIA. That's right. the The men who stare at goats. I've actually never seen it, um, and I'm really excited to learn more about this silly thing. <laughs> yeah, should be good. Well, um, so that that wraps up today's show. We're not doing uh, mindfulness. We tend not to do those on the uh, on our ramblings when we do our potpourri shows. But um, we wanted to do a potpourri show to give us a break on researching uh, researching topics and also give us a chance to talk about movies, uh, sci-fi books, sci-fi films, and video games, which uh, sometimes we want to talk about more when we're in the news section of the show, but it doesn't always long enough to uh, justify an entire episode, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, we'll see you next week as we uh, stare deep into goats to try to explode them. (laughs) Sounds good. We'll see you then. Bye, everybody.